0: This morning, we have a title, and it is entitled, Better Little with the Lord. Better Little with the Lord. In 1405, a man stepped out in a journey. It was a journey that shook the rest of the whole world, as it was known by then. This man was a Navy admirer. He was the top official in the Chinese Ming Empire, as the Navy admiral, He was the head of the Navy. He stepped out of China to go and explore foreign lands. And one of the lands he began to step out in his ship was the land of Taiwan. Then he went down to Malaysia. He came to Ceylon, which now we know as Sri Lanka, headed down to Oman in Muscat. And before he knew it, he was even in Malindi, in the coastal city of Kenya. So great was the ship till when people saw the ships in which he came, some fainted. Kings began to pledge allegiance before they had seen the emperor in whose name he came. Some went back with him to China just to bow at the court of the king and say, King, I pledge my tribute to you. You are now my emperor. Why was the ship great? History tells us the longest leading ship was about 140 meters long and 50 meters wide. 316 of them could carry 28,000 men, not counting the cargo, not counting the animals, not counting so many other uh, technologies that they were carrying from China to spread to the whole world. However, I need to inform you of something. You can put up the ship. The ship, before it set out... The admiral who was called Zhang Han, he took his journey to a shrine and he bowed down to a goddess to seek for blessing. This goddess was called the goddess of the sea or the, or, or the guardian angel of the, uh, of the seafarers. Anytime a man who did not know Jesus was to step out of the sea, there was a god to go and bow to. You burn incense and you make your vows to. One of the vows the man made was this. Oh, goddess, if you protect me, if you give me success and my trip is successful, I will put the eye of the dragon in front of the ship. Your eyes will guide me. Your eyes will show me the way to go. And so the man set out after that little warship, and he entered the ship and the sea began to shake because 316 mega ships were sailing that day. History tells us, no other ship has ever rivaled that fleet of sheep, which was called the Precious Dragon. It was dedicated to the dragon. Eight years later, a young man had a dream. This young man was born in Italy in the province of Genoa. He also had a dream because those days, all roads led to China. And he had a dream that he wanted to go to China to explore. The treasures that this uh, fabled genius was was known for. He wanted also to go and see for himself. What is this treasure? What is this great land that I hear about? So he also took his uh, plans and he began to make his plans into reality. Being poor and from a a poor Christian family, he knew the place to go was Portugal. Because Portugal those days was also known for seafaring. And so he went to Portugal and he made his case to the king. And the king refused his appeal. Next time, he now went to Spain, and he went to the court of Ferdinand and Isabella, the queen. And he told them, I have a dream to go to China, to discover the land of China. Please support me. Isabella and Ferdinand will hear none of it. So the man took his trip up to France. And with the, within coming to the court of Louis, France refused him. He went to Germany. Germany refused him. He went up to Britain. Britain refused him. Next, he came back to Spain dejected. And he decided, I will go back to the court of the king. Only that this time around, I will change my narrative from an economic explorer to a missionary who wants to save the world for Jesus. And he went and told the king and the queen, before my generation is over, that was the 15th century, before my generation is over, Jesus will have come back. What will happen to the Orientals as the Chinese and the Mongolians were known? What will happen to them? Facilitate me so that I can go and share the gospel with them. So that I can go and prepare the way for more missionaries to come. Ferdinand was not convinced. Rarely do you convince men, ask my wife. Rarely do you convince men. But Isabella began to warm up to it. And the queen agreed. And he convinced, she convinced the king, support this young man, let him go. Remember, Zhang He went to the shrine to pray and to make vows to our goddess. Christopher went to a local church. I didn't have time for us to cast it on the screen. But Christopher went to a church, which up to now in Spain is known. It is there. It has been preserved. He went and he knelt down, and he made his vows to God. And after prayer, the man sat on the boat, and he began to travel. Now, this is where the story gets interesting. The three ships of Columbus could only carry 90 people each ship could only carry a maximum of 30 people. Remember, Zhang He, his ship could carry, at the total fleet could carry 28,000 people. By the time they were done with these lands of Asia and Africa, history proves to us they took back tigers, they took back lions, they took back giraffes. Giraffes were so uh, much of an amusement to Chinese, they began to call them in Chinese. It was something they had never seen. But this man has only three sheep. You can project them over there. And these three sheep are only carrying 90 people. These ships do not have so much treasure. They do not have a big design. All they have is this wood I want brought here called the cross. And as Columbus was entering the ship. History proves to us several people laughed him to scorn. That how will you make it 30 men to go and discover the Orient? What is wrong with you? Are you thinking straight? You are going to the land of a man who walked with 28,000. How will you with 90 make it? You are going to a land of a man who had an emperor to back him as his benefactor. You, what do you have? You are not even a citizen of Spain. You are a, you know, a citizen of Italy. And you are even claimed in Italy you are not an Italian, you are a Jew. The scorn was heavy. But in that little boat, there was a cross. God, as a way of changing our plans... For his own greater good. The man was chasing China. The Holy Ghost through his wind led him to the United States. And before he knew it, he had discovered the new land as it it was later on called. He had discovered the nation of the United States. He had discovered America as we know it. Southern and Northern America. I want to wrap it up so that we go to the reading of the word why is that boat so important because almost all the major luxuries you enjoy is in that boat it came because of that boat the zip in your clothes and in your handbags the mobile phones in your handbags and in your pockets all of them were product of that boat The AC in your cars, the refrigerators in your houses, all of them were a product of that boat. The Facebook, some of you are even tempted to scroll as I'm talking, all of them was on that boat. The Google that many of you use for your research and that has changed your life so much, all of it was in that boat. The dragon had the treasures, the cross had the future. Let us now read the word of God. The title is better little with the Lord and we see it in Proverbs 15 verse 16. The Bible says better is little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. The same Proverbs 16 verse 8 says says, better is a little with righteousness than great revenue without right. What was wrong with China then is still wrong with China now. What was right with Europe then was right and is still right with Europe now. China was wrong then for putting hope and glory in treasures. For putting hope and identity in big things. Europe was right then. America is right now because they put their hope in the cross. No nation in the history of mankind has supported the gospel like the nation this man unknowingly was able to discover. No nation has brought us so much comfort and so much democratic space than the nation this man discovered. However, first things first. In China, there was treasure. In the little boat of Columbus was the cross. Life, as we know it right now, for many of you, is about how big is your ship. Life is about how big is your connections. Life for even preachers like us is about how big is the auditorium. Life even for some fathers is how big is the school the child is attending. Life for some spouses is how big is the salary of the husband or the wife. Life for some many people even in our policy making institutions is about how large can large get. They forget but a little with the Lord. But a little with the Lord because in putting glory in big things, the Lord has no place to be worshipped. But a little with the Lord because in putting hope in great things, the Lord has no place to be adored. The Lord has no place to be be honored. Jesus now says in Matthew chapter 5, that blessed, the first blessed was blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. There is a blessedness in having nothing except the Lord. There is a blessedness in having no one except the Lord. There is a blessedness in having no technology except the Lord. There is a blessedness in having no glory except the Lord. China then had glory in its ships. China now still has glory in our big ships that are taking wonders to the world. Yet the future will never be with China. The future will always be with the cross. When I talk about the cross, the cross, as I explained during the week, the cross is not just this piece of wood. The cross is a mentality. The cross is a civility. The cross is a principle. It is a way of approaching life with littleness. Can I get a young man to explain something with a shawl on top? Very fast. Kevin, come. Whoever can come. Let me explain something. Come with a shawl wrapped on you and everything, even on your head. Don't go too far. see shoals here. Get get creative. If the women are anointed, you will fall under the power. (laughs) Cover your head. Cover everything you can cover. Get him another shawl. Throw it on him. Let's make him as heavy as possible. Let's make him as heavy as possible. Now, this is Jesus in heaven. Keep listening to me. This is Jesus in heaven. He is clothed in glory. He is clothed in power. Angels are all around him, worshiping him. Light is splashing from him. No one can even approach him because then he is still in glory. This is Jesus covered in so much majesty, covered in so much wondrousness, covered in, 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 in so much mystery. Nobody even knew he existed as Jesus. While he's covered, man is perishing. While he's covered, David is sinning with Bathsheba. While he's covered, the Pharisees are running amok, making laws that Moses did not permit them to make. While he's covered in heaven, the old people who have ever committed sin have no hope of ever meeting the Father in heaven. While Jesus is still covered in heaven, the whole universe is dancing to hell, dancing to destruction. What does he do? Paul had a revelation that all of you know in uh, Philippians chapter 2. The Bible says he began to remove himself. He began to de- de- remove every robe, every glory of divinity. He began to remove it. By the time he reports to his assignment, this man was so ordinary, the day he was to be crucified, the man who, who betrayed him had to kiss him for him to be identified. Even the place he chose to be born was so ordinary, you could not expect anything great to come out of The place he was born. However, there are the Pharisees. We still have them, Pastor, today. We still have them. The spirit of the Pharisee is still there. There are the Pharisee who insisted on wearing a long beard. And before he goes to the market to greet people like the father, and they used to be called fathers. Before he goes to greet people as the father, he had to comb his beard. Not with the comb, because the technology was not there, but with his hands. So he could pluck his beards and blood could be coming out so that he can look like a father. And the man had to eat with his hands washed after every meal. And he had to follow a ritual in his diet. He has to follow a ritual in his his dressing. He has to follow a ritual in his grooming. The Pharisee was stressed before he even began working. By the time the Pharisee is meeting you, he looks mean and distressed and tired because it took him hours before he could feel appropriate enough to be identified as a father. Yet demons cannot bow to a Pharisee. Yet the prostitutes cannot say, Jesus, save me when a Pharisee is preaching. Yet the sinners cannot say, we need the father to take us to eternity when the Pharisee appears. And people of God, I speak to you in the name of Jesus. Let us come out of complexity and back to simplicity of the cross. Let us come back to dressing simple and eating simple and greeting simple. Let us come back to the simplicity which Jesus came on earth to display. Because I repeat, better little with the Lord. So Jesus does not have the robes of the Pharisees. He does not have the beards of the Pharisees. He does not have the meticulousness of the Pharisees. He does not even have the learning of the Pharisees. He does not even have the constituents the Pharisee has. History proves to us they had their office in the temple. And there was money that ran their enterprise, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. There was money that ran their enterprise. They were on payroll. They were on on subsidies. They were on allowances. And as long as the economy was intact, they thought they were intact. They forgot, but a little with the Lord. Now Jesus is given one beautiful testimony that he went doing good and miracles happened And this is the underlining word. Because God was with him. This man has his clothes. This man has his grooming. This man has his own title and own constituency. But this man has a problem. This man does not have God. I sanctify you by the blood of Jesus. Men at work, okay? Nothing personal. This man does not have God. He has everything that it takes to be in a big ship except the vital thing called the Lord. I know you can't wait for your child to be dressed in majestic robes. Whether his hunting is fifth degree or second degree or third degree. I know you cannot wait for your granddaughter to emerge and carry banquets and carry things on her body or on his body. I know you cannot wait for the big dressing. But my question is this. With all that dressing or without it, does he or she have the cross? Does he or she have the Lord? The ships of the dragon are sailing. The ships of the dragon are moving. And they are majestic. They are inspiring. They are surprising. They are amazing to the world. But the question is this. After the years are folded up, so what? Some of you are hearing Zhang Ha for the first time. <laughs> you have no idea what was Zhang Ha. Because he only had his ship. He did not have God he only had his majesty he did not have god and i challenge you in the name of jesus yes the ships can be big but is the cross in the ship is the lord in the ship is the grace of god in the ship and some of you cannot forgive yourself because the ship which you went to in your school was not a big ship. Some of you cannot forgive yourself because the ship where you work is not a big ship. Some of you cannot forgive yourself because the ship call your name is not big. You forget better little with the Lord. And Jesus now says it beautifully in Luke chapter 12 verse 15 that beware of covetousness. He gives them the warning. Why must you be aware of covetousness? He continues by saying, because the life of a man does not consist in the things that he owns. The life of a man, the summary of a man, the future of a man does not consist on the things that he owns. Verse 32 of the same 12 says now, oh, be ye cheerful. Do not be afraid, little, little flock. Because it is the father's pleasure to give you the kingdom. The kingdom belongs to the little ones. The kingdom belongs to the little ones. Those who have nothing but the Lord. Those who know no one but the Lord. Those who trust no one but the Lord. Stop stressing yourself about ships. Stop stressing yourself about treasures. Stop stressing yourself about this rate and that rate, that deal and this deal. Ask yourself this question. Are you a little flock? Is the father pleased with you? Have you trusted in his son with all of your heart? Sit still because in a little while, you will be given the kingdom. Funny thing how those who look for it, pastor never get it. But those who look for him, the things get them. I repeat, funny thing, all those who look for it never get it, but those who look for him, the things get them. Funny thing, how those who want to be great never become great, but those who want to be servants always are forced to be great. Allow me to go back to my story because we need to get some balance. Columbus leaves Spain with a vow that he never fulfilled. And he regretted on his deathbed, he said, Father, in your hands I commit my spirit, because things were tough in his soul. Columbus vowed that he he was going to introduce the gospel to the Orient. But when he arrived on the shores of America, he met some Indians, some red Indians with gold. And he began to take the gold from them, because he could not wait to be rich. And before he knew it, he demanded they show him where they took the gold, where they got the gold. And because they could not show him, he killed 50,000 of them. He began with the cross. He finished with greed. And for 100 years, that colony never prospered. Because prosperity is only found in the cross of Calvary. So after 100 years... God, because his plans cannot fail, keep listening to me, God, because his plans cannot fail, raised a new group of people. People who are tired of the status quo in Britain. People who are tired of men with holy robes. You know, men who are in career and they are calling it ministry. Men who earned pension from the Church of England, they were tired of that. And they said, we want to go to a land where we will worship God and serve him according to our conscience. They took their first trip and they arrived on the sea uh, in, the, in the port of Charlotte, North Carolina. And there, history proves to us, they planted a physical cross. And they knelt down, all of them, led by a young reverend who was in his studies. And they prayed, saying, Lord, We have come to this new land. We ask only for one thing. May you receive this land as we dedicate it. Because we are dedicating it for it to spread the gospel of our Lord Jesus. And may this cross we have planted today be remembered for generations long after we are gone. Oh Lord, raise this land for the gospel. That is all they wanted. Little do they know. (laughs) Among them. Among them are men whose children are going to produce for us the aeroplane. Among them, are men whose children are going to discover for us the internet. Among them, are men whose children are going to discover the laws of physics which have given us this microphone. Among them, are men whose ideas and whose genius and whose labors will bring for us the concept of democracy as we know it today. I repeat again, but a little With the Lord. Many rush to possess lands. Many rush to possess territories. But the question is this. Where is the Lord in your buying and selling? Where is the Lord in buying that territory? Where is the Lord in acquiring that piece of land? Where is the Lord in acquiring that new business? Where is the Lord? Because the future belongs to those whose center, whose foundation will be the cross of Calvary. What is the cross of Calvary? It is the spirit of selflessness. What is the cross of Calvary? It is the spirit of surrender. What is the cross of Calvary? It is the spirit of living for something greater than yourself. Because that is why Jesus went to the cross. I know your plans have not yet fruit, uh, materialized, but my question is this. Is the Lord with you? Then be satisfied. I know you are yet to buy that thing or sell that thing or own that thing, but is the Lord with you? Be satisfied. Paul now says, when we have raiment or clothes and food, let us be content. Why? Because we came with nothing to this world. We shall take nothing out. Why are people not carrying the cross? They are not carrying the cross because of food. They are not carrying the cross because of clothing. They are not carrying the cross because of wealth. They are not carrying the cross because of treasures. That will not be carried with them to eternity. I am not against wealth. I am against the departing from the cross. To be wealthy. I am not against being great. I am against be departing from the cross to go and be great. I am not against fame. I am against departing from the cross to go and be famous. Because all those who do that, when history is written, their names will be nowhere. The admiral lives in his ship. Please, let's be attentive. The admiral leaves the ship. And as he's cruising down, the world is bowing but not for long. As he's cruising down, the world is shaking, but not for long. As he's cruising down with his sheep, the world is pledging allegiance, but not for long. Because the Bible says, when I'm lifted up, I will draw all men, not some men, all men to myself. After all your salesmanship and all your genius and all your writing, you have to remember the path men should be taking leads to the father himself, not to you. The man thought that with his big ship, people will now follow his, his master's, master's path and go and bow there forever. No, after a few years. He was forgotten. What we have today are little, little statutes. But the glory that was there is not there. The honor that was there is not there. Because all the glory is on Christ himself. All the honor is on Christ himself. So, after a few months or after a few years for you, your children will be reporting to schools or colleges or institutions, or places of work. I ask you with all humility in my heart, what is your expectation? Do you want them just to go to a big ship, or do you only want the cross? Whatever God adds is up to him. Jeremiah now tells Baruch, and those who are listening to him in Jeremiah 45, verse 45, Do you seek great things? Seek them not. There is one man to seek. The man is the Lord Jesus. And I gave a story a while back that I love to repeat because it speaks to most of us. Most of us are young, ambitious, and well-driven. There's a man called John Ellickman. He was a lawyer in the early, uh, early 60s in the United States. And the man served in a little rural, or a rural, rural village in the United States. During the weekend, he taught Sunday school. And he had a beautiful family, three children, wonderful wife. And for a few years, life was ordinary. Life was normal. Life was okay. One day, a young governor who was running for president came to his town and told him, Elikman, I want you to join me in my campaign. You can help me with the speeches and you can help craft my policy. So the young man responded, he said, okay, let me go and help you. Before he knew it, the journey was rough, but eventually they made it to the uh, the state, they made it to Washington and the man became president. After about two years, a scandal that all of us know called the Watergate scandal broke out and the president had to resign. His officials, some of them, had to go to prison. During that turbulent moment, the man began drinking, he began having affairs, he began to seek solace in the world, and before he knew it, he had lost his testimony, he had lost his marriage, and he went to jail, and he lost his career. What was the problem with the man? A man who had an ordinary life, which he despised, the problem was this, he had a little cross called being in a Sunday school as a teacher. He had a little cross being in a simple community with a loving wife and loving children. He had a little cross called being in a simple setting with no complexities. Yet, he decided to go for what was big, for what was more visible, for what was more glorious. Before this man knows it, he had lost it all. He died after writing a book, and the book is full of nothing but regret and sorrow. One time I preached here that when Solomon began off, he began off as a worshiper, but when he finished, he finished as a politician, because worshippers, my dear Dr. Mulongo, they are not visible. True worshippers do not get mentioned in the newspapers. True worshippers do not get mentioned in the radio. Worship is, worship is tankless. <laughs> worship. He's so thankless. It is so plain. Some of you are looking at me. You are tempted to come in the evening and you have been coming and you are wondering, why do I keep coming yet I don't feel the vibe? You forget. Better that little with the Lord. (laughs) Better that little coming. Better that little serving. Better that little being faithful to your spouse. Better that little being in the small place. But with God. Better little. David also started off as a worshiper. Ah, my God, a man after God's own heart. Before he knew it, he had a curse of the sword dancing on his house. And the Bible says the sword will never depart from your house forever. Even Jesus, when he came to that house and he sat as the son of David, the sword came on him. Why? A man was worshipping and he thought that was foolishness. A man was seeking God, and he thought that was foolishness. When he stepped out, now to be a big shot in politics, the sword came, and the sword decided it will never live. And I'm warning you, young people. I know you are ambitious. I am warning you, fathers and mothers. I know you feel you are late. You are late for the big thing. You are late for the big deal. But this is the name that in, in which I come, the name of Jesus. And it is telling you, better little with the Lord that kneeling at the altar, that raising of the arms, that coming to church like you have nowhere to go to, that faithfulness to that spouse, it is going to be a reward in the long run. Because after all is said and done, it is the cross, not the dragon with the five say, in history. This world has not been shaped by those who are big. This world was shaped by those who were selfless. This world was not shaped by those who are pompous. This world was, safe, was shaped by those who are surrendered. And some of you, you are yet to surrender because we are chasing things and not chasing the Lord. Some of you, you are yet to surrender because you are chasing concepts and not the Lord. Some of you, you are yet to really get to know the Lord because you are busy with the things outside the Lord. And this message is coming to you. And the Lord is saying, better little with the Lord. Beware, Jesus says, of covetousness. Covetousness will attack you if you are not aware. Desiring for more than what God has allowed you will damage you. On a, I think it was, it was on Thursday when we handled no, on Wednesday when we handled the posture of sitting on uh, with the or, or, or you know sitting with the cross, and we agreed that in sitting, sitting is the hardest thing. Because in sitting, you are not moving. In sitting, you are not commanding. In sitting, you are not working. In sitting, you are not exercising yourself. In sitting still, you are not in charge. The one who sat you there is in charge. Yet, as we sit with the Lord in peace, as we sit with the Lord in righteousness, as we sit with the Lord in joy, the kingdom will belong to us. Because the Bible says righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. What are you doing in the Holy Ghost? You are sitting in the Holy Spirit. That is the kingdom of God. True kingdom, true power is in sitting not in running around to be great. It is in sitting. David was found seated, looking after the sheep. That is what made him king. David later on is found sitting in his house after Saul is dead. That is what confirmed him as king. David later on is found sitting with the, with the, with the men of Israel. And they came to him and said, you are the man who was given the prophecy. We are here to make you because we have discovered you cannot make yourself. We want to make you David. Some people are trying to make themselves. And God is buying time till they will say Lord make me because I cannot make myself but a little with the Lord all of you can come to destiny the sooner you say Lord not I but Christ according to Galatians two twenty, the life that now I want to live I want to live by the son of God who died for me and loved me and gave himself for me Destiny can happen the moment you decide that decision. Destiny can happen even today in this very service. Destiny can happen. For many are carrying bitterness, but it is an unnecessary bitterness. Many are carrying anxiety, but it is an unnecessary anxiety because they are yet to discover there is blessing in having little with the Lord. Why must you be little as I prepare to conclude? You must be little because... God cannot work with baggage. God cannot work with pomp. Jesus tells the disciples in Matthew 10 and even in Luke 9, when you go to any new city, carry nothing with you. When you go to any new city, do not carry things. When you go to any new city to do my will, do not go carrying things. Do not go carrying burdens. Do not go carrying other titles. You know, Pastor, the problem Why we we lost the revival? It's very simple. God came, and when he had arrived, man also came. God could come in his own time. Man decided, we also want our time. God could come in his own fashion. Man decided, we want to patent this fashion. God could come, and all he wanted was worship. Man decided, we also need to do this and that, this and that. And before they knew it, the burden and the baggage became too heavy. God had to depart. Our God hates cumbersome things and cumbersome projects and cumbersome concepts. He hates it. I was telling telling the first service how when you look at the history of the church in Nigeria, it used to be a church only for worship. People could go even under the tree, and they could begin to sing in their native language, and to dance, and power could come down. Now you enter their churches, most of them, and you have to know even how to bow before the man of God. You have to know how to touch his shoe. You have to know how to prostrate yourself before him. In fact, There was a a researcher who was saying they have brought their traditional culture of worshipping their former chiefs now to the church. They used to spread themselves on fours before their chiefs. Now they are not doing it before chiefs who are political and ancestral. Now they are doing it to men and women of God. And people of God, it is about simplicity. It is not about complexity. It is about having God and nothing else. That is what will guarantee our future. (laughs) Give me those ships again. Oh, I love those three ships. The three ships of Columbus. Look at them. They don't have a lot of color. They went to Portugal to do some research. And they were saying, hey, why didn't this guy even paint his ship in good colors? Why didn't this guy even hang some medals or bangles on his ship? All he had was the cross. Nothing else. I know you are tired, some of you. I know you have walked long. I know you have tried it for so long. And the solution the Lord is giving you is this. Cut the baggage. Cut the unnecessary demands. Cut it. Cut the unnecessary expectations. Cut the unnecessary timelines. Ah, by this, this should have happened. Cut it. Take the cross and say, Lord, provided your cross is with me and I am with it, salvation will come. And many are stressed. Many have toxins in their physical bodies because they began building ships instead of carrying crosses. Carry this cross, my brother. So as a church and as a body of Jesus, lift it up. This is our answer the cross. If the Lord wants to bless you, my brother, let me tell you in plain English, He will bless you. If He wants to honor you, He will honor you. If He wants to lift you, He will lift you. David now says, Ah, I have discovered that in His hands is the power to make great. And to give power and uh, to give wealth and life to all in his hands. But that hand is carrying a cross which he expects you also to carry. As a body of Christ, let us go back to simplicity. Let us go back to simplicity. Let us go back to the cross. Let us go back to selflessness. Let us go back to just being Concerned that our children have the cross. They have nothing else but the cross. After that, they are learned. Praise God. After that, they have bigger jobs. Praise God. After that, they have great health. Praise God. But provided they don't have the cross, let us give God no rest. In our households, in our marriages, in our communities, let us desire for one thing, the cross. And this is the warning the Lord told me to give you. "Thank God He has reminded me by His spirit. If you are not careful to carry the cross, if you go plundering gold and pushing men aside like Columbus, God will have to push you aside and make you be forgotten. They will raise new pilgrims who will do it without compl- complication. That is what happened to Columbus. For a hundred years, he was forgotten. He was pushed aside. For hundred years, his name was not mentioned. God raised pilgrims who had nothing in ambition apart from to see the cross planted in that new land. I repeat, if you will not carry that cross, the Lord will have to raise somebody else to carry it. If you'll not take it up and pursue it and cry for it and plead that God will plant it in your household or in whichever area of your assignment, the Lord may may just wait for you to finish whatever you are doing. Then you'll raise somebody else to do it. Peter is told, rise up, Peter, kill and eat. Oh, I am a Jew. Since I was born, I have never done this. He forgets he's not a Jew. He's an apostle. The next chapter, the Bible says, now the Lord said to Paul, The Holy Spirit said, separate to me, Saul and Barnabas, for the work I have set for them. A man received a simple message, rise and eat, and he brought his culture into the deal. He brought his own arguments into the deal. Before he knows it, a little murderer who has been forgiven of his sins has to be raised up to take his mantle and his place. Anytime you bring complications, you are endangering your future. You are endangering your destiny. Anytime you make it a a little more than the cross, a little more than the agenda of Christ, you are endangering yourself. Those ships are simple. And they are little. They have no fanfare. They have no majesty. Ten dogs cannot fit in those ships but they have men with a cross. Men who by the time they are done, on their exploration, upon that foundation, we will get everything we enjoy in technology today. Do not push your children to acquire many things. Push them to have the cross. Once they have the cross, a foundation will have been laid for things now to set in. A foundation will have been laid for other things, blessings, other mysteries the Lord may want now to come in. Holy Spirit, we thank you for this morning. We are not oblivious of your will. We now know that greatness is in littleness, but littleness with you. But you have no problem giving us anything, but you need a foundation based on your cross. You need a foundation based on selflessness. We are grateful to learn what we have learned this morning because it is a message that sets us free. I pray for each heart that has listened this morning and the hearts that will listen later that, my Father, by your Holy Spirit, you will begin to grind in Christ in our hearts, you will begin to push in his interest in our hearts. That when we kneel, we shall kneel for him. Not for the things we want, but for him. Because as we exalt him, he will also exalt us. As we put him first, he will also put us first. As we cry for him, he will also cry for us. We do it not because we are targeting things. We do it because we love him enough to be sincere, to tell him, Lord, have your way. Jesus you removed your robes in heaven you removed the light that you had you removed the glory that you had and you came in simplicity died in simplicity yet in your simplicity the life that we know as we know it today has never been the same the world as we know it has never been the same lord Jesus we look to you for the example we look for you for the standard we look for you to you for this mechanism to make it for the mechanism to prosper. We look to your model and from that model we learn better little with the Lord. Calvary was not complicated. There was only wood and nails, but when it was over, it was just but getting started. Lord, we pray today, may we glory in the nails and in the wood that you have called us to carry. Because as we carry it with selflessness, history will write that here is the work through a selfless servant of the Lord. Here is the work the Lord did through a selfless community. Here is the work the Lord did through a selfless congregation. Remove cumbersome works from us. Remove cumbersome concepts from us. Remove it. Remove it from our children, Lord. Remove it in our work. Remove it in our relationships that we may not desire for things anymore. Our desire will be to see Jesus and him crucified. And his cross planted in every territory. And some of us, Lord, you are telling us, you are waiting for us to take the cross before you could give us new territories. Now, by faith in the name of Jesus, I permit, let there be new territories. Let there be new territories in their businesses. Let there be new territories in their academics. Let there be new territory in their, in their travelings and in their careers. Let there be new territories in their, in their current and in their future relationships. Let there be new territories. Because now they will be found faithful to plant not ideas, not ambition, but the cross of Calvary. Bless us as we go for the week and let your grace cover us in Jesus' name. Thank you, Pastor.